Welcome to the Dundry Gardening Podcast. Due to isolation and the lockdown, we're recording this episode via conference call, so the sound quality might not be as good as usual. So we're all recording from our homes at the moment. I'm James, the shop manager. Well, I am shop manager, but with no shop to manage. Um, and I'm at home in Cheltenham. And Gemma, who is a seed production manager at Dundry, who is producing her seed on a windowsill, is at home in Tewkesbury. Hello, Gem. Hi. Um, and Matt is at home in Maysmore, and he is podcast producing. And he has got all the kit with him, so we can at least do that. Hello, Matt. Hello. And Chris is back at Dundry at home um, and keeping things ticking over there for everyone as we can't do anything to help. How's it going, Chris? You all right? Hello. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a bit like the old days, really. I remember, I remember it being this, like this many years ago. So in line with the government guidelines, we obviously closed the shop and we suspended the delivery service we were hoping to do just because obviously you wouldn't have had the manpower to do it, I suppose. But um, So while we're all staying at home, as I said, Chris and his wife Helen are holding the fort back at Dundry. So what sort of things question which you're doing the work of 10 people but what sort of things have you been up to to keep it going over there well the main thing is if you're going to think positively about plants that are being raised in a greenhouse then you've got to try and slow down their growth so management of the greenhouse space in terms of getting in there through getting windows open and then as plants reach a size plants moved outside to toughen them up so the whole process is, is being apply the brakes the reality is the plants left in a greenhouse um, in a normal uh, we have a pattern we're striving to get things ready for Easter and we're striving to get things ready for Maybank holiday yeah it must be really tr- difficult and I know that although we're not there we are all thinking of you um, and we you know we are just we actually we all really probably do wish that we could be there helping but um, so that's where we are at the moment sorry but from our point of view as far as Helen and I are concerned we, we're both very mindful of the fact that you have responsibilities of your own and we want all our staff to be safe. So so we don't want to throw you into anything. But this is our best option, so it's what we've got to go with at the moment. Um, and there's no hard feelings about that. That's, that's the way we've got to go. Well, Chris, we want you to carry on the good work so that soon enough we can all come back and get raring to go. In this episode, then, we are basically having a chat on the phone. So let's kick things off with um, what we've been doing to pass the time while we are all in lockdown. So, Gemma, what sort of things have you been up to to do with your garden at the moment? Well, I've been catching up on a few jobs. I've been cutting back uh, perennials that I've left to stand over winter to try and help the wildlife a bit, Um, mulching the beds, making new beds, and, um, of course, planting as well. It's a good time of year to plant. Um, I've also been doing, um, trying to keep my hands in, seeing as I can't sew at work, I've been taking part in what's known as the isolation movement, and that's isolation, as in sowing seeds. Um, a lot of people's minds are turning to uh, food security. Um, I've heard reports of lots of people turning lawn over to food production, even on a small scale. Um, and it's also an activity for their kids to be getting involved with as well as, uh, and tying into the curriculum. Um, so every week I sow a few more seeds here and there, even if it's just microgreens on the windowsill, such as crep, which is a great thing for kids to do. Um, but that's um, more or less what I've been doing on, on the garden side of things. Okay, and Matt, what have you been up to? So I have been creating a gravel path in my garden. Um, I spent nearly a whole day digging it out and, uh, and levelling it and everything like that. 
thinking, you know, what type of grabber I'm going to put in it, um, only to find that obviously all the hardware stores and things like that have stopped supplying bulk items. Um, so currently I have a bit of a mud trench now um, in the garden. Nice. So if it rains, that's going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, just sort of as Gemma's been doing, really thinking around the garden and, and trying to um, keep myself busy. I mean, luckily the weather has been has been lovely and I suppose that's luckily, but it, it's also such a tease, isn't it? You want to be out and enjoying it and um, and everything, but you know right. that it's, it's different. It's not the same as it would be if it was... Um, we're not in the situation so but yeah no gardening and things like that really jane um not not a lot but just trying to keep myself busy what have you been up to so i've well i've tidied out the shed that you know proper job that you have to do when you're desperate um but i've been down to the allotment a few times for my allowance of exercise um and i've planted my onion sets and got my shallots in and then at the weekend all being well i should get my potatoes in um planted the onions i've planted some centurion which is a, a yellow variety then red, red barren, and the new variety we had this year, which was called Pink Panther. We only had a limited supply of it, um, and it did sell very quickly. So I'm hoping that they're going to be really good. And next year, um, all being well, we should be able to stock more of that variety if it proves to have been a good trial. Um, and Chris, obviously, we know that you're very busy, but have you found any time to do anything else other than... I've been playing. I mean, the, the joy, really, of gardening is, is the opportunity to play. Having access to packet seeds and saying, I'm going to have a play with that or I'm going to try and grow this in a different way. So I've been saving seeds, lots of things that, that I've just been mucking around with. I, I, I turfed out a packet in the, in the back of a cupboard. I found a, a packet of uh, mushy peas, but dried mushy peas. So if you like mushy peas, the sort of thing you get with fish and chips. If you've got a packet in the cupboard of, of dry mushy peas, and then, then germinate them. They grow. And so I've played with some of those and I've got mushy peas germinating um, safe in the knowledge that they're going to make some good old marrowfat peas later in the year so yeah, yeah playing cool. lots, of, lots of playing yeah. it's a bit of a self-indulgence but a lot of playing well that's good well you're sort of saying that and lots of people are finding themselves with time on their hands obviously um, and they are turning their attention to their gardens um, and as you say particularly with uh, sort of grow your own that's obviously seen a real boom in the last couple of weeks um, and the week before we went down into lockdown we saw many many customers stocking up with seeds and compost um, at work it was really was quite sort of crazy how much stuff we were compost especially that we were we were moving through um, and obviously people are preparing to get the growing season started um, so Gemma if people are looking to get started what sort of advice would you give what do you think is a good way to get started with growing your own perhaps in your garden it, maybe even if you've not done anything like it before well I would uh, keep a good collection of any fruit punnets egg boxes trays out of boxes of biscuits anything like that that will hold compost that you might be able to germinate some seeds in and um, that's a really good starting point and as for planting outside or growing seeds directly outside, maybe when the weather's warmed up a little bit, well, you can start sowing direct now, but it's it's uh, the compost, the soil still a little bit um, chilly for for new seeds. So um, if you wanted to start with creating a bed, if you haven't got any pots or anything that you can be using, you can create new growing space very easily, as I mentioned before. And people are using just patches of their lawn, creating a brand new veg patch by um, the easiest method by far is the no dig method. And that's just laying cardboard on an area of grass, compost on the top. If you water the cardboard as well, that helps. And then put your compost on top. And you can plant straight 
straight into that or sow seeds directly into it and you, there's no digging involved so it's great for the soil structure and the and the soil life and, and great for your back as well. Yeah people sort of find it hard to believe that you can actually literally start a bed like that on top of a lawn but it really does work um, and Charles Dowding who is the sort of known authority on no dig based down in southwest here in the UK he um, his website's fantastic if you wanted to look at getting into no dig um, and at the, as you say, once you set that bed up, you can plant your potatoes straight into that. You can, a bit later on, he sort of recommends planting squash, courgette-type plants, pumpkins, into a new bed like that. And also beans are another good one that you can start in about a month's time. Um, so that, as I say, that is a, a good way to get things started, especially in a no-dig. Um, and you were mentioning, Gem, about using different things with pots and trays. I know one of my favourite ever propagators was a uh, profiterole box from Marks and Spencers. That made a fantastic little propagator. Um, so there's all sorts of things that you can use. Um, and if you find that you haven't got access to seeds, I know here where I live, they do. There's a, a Facebook page, and somebody has put up um, a bag of seed packets outside the house in a carrier bag um, for people to help themselves with. So there's lots of opportunity within the local community, um, especially at times like this. People are coming together more and more. Um, so there's, there is plenty of option to get things started. Um, and like you said earlier, Gem, with sowing seeds with children, um, cress and things like that and mustard are dead easy to do um, on the windowsill, aren't they? And it really gets children yeah. involved. Yeah, it's, it's really um, good. And cress is brilliant because you don't need to need compost for it. You can literally just um, sow the seeds directly on top of some damp kitchen roll in a, in a tray or on a plate and watch them grow. Yeah. And Chris, what sort of tips might you have for people who are looking to get started? Um, and how maybe did you do things back in the old days before we had these? Yeah, well, unfortunately for me, I've I've always I've always wanted to play. So whilst I've already run a commercial business, but actually I was always intrigued by the way nature could could mess about and do things we weren't expecting. So so if you're at home and you've got and you've got kids around, then then play with potatoes, even if it's a potato that you're about to that you're about to eat. So. And for example, peel your potatoes and lay the peelings out on a seed tray. And the key bit really is the eyes of the potato or the life of the potato. Run some peelings out on a tray. You'll be amazed at how it grows. You can chop a potato into lots of different pieces with children. And anyone that has an eye is likely to grow. You can you can ask the kids if they want to make some chips and you can leave the skins on and and chop chip shapes out. Also look at, um, if you've got children to consider, look at, uh, at turning out the recycling bin because you've already identified that your professional tray works and uh, as a container, but anything that will contain compost has an ability to to create a product, to, to be the home for a plant. And I remember growing a, a potato in a lemonade bottle and uh, I took the top of the lemonade bottle and I punched a hole in the bottom so that there was some drainage potato to grow and suddenly the potato is out on the on the edge and you can monitor the activity. Play, keep this uh, not just about productivity but about a celebration of the fact that nature is quite extraordinary and as long as as long as you don't lose sight of that then you are on course for taking up a hobby which will last a lifetime and for our industry I think that um, that this difficult time could be an enormous springboard for the future. It will be, it will be different in the future for sure. But just revisit the, the 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 wonderful journey that is nature showing you that it can be done. And play, chop cuttings off things. Go out into the 
garden and well, take a cutting. You've probably taken, never take, slice a piece of plant off and stick it in the ground and see what happens. The journey is there to learn. So, so you're learning as you go along. I'm, uh, I'm getting carried away with this, but play, play. No, we get the message, and I think you're right. It's all about just getting out there and um, experiencing nature, especially if you've not had time before and you've got the kids at home. Um, it's a really good way to get them involved. Okay, now it's time for some of your questions. People have been getting in touch with us on Facebook this week, um, as well as people we've seen around and about, from a safe distance, obviously. Um, so the first question we've had, um, we get asked a lot in the shop at this time of year, or we would do if we were there, um, is about seeds and seed germination. So, Gemma, perhaps you'd like to help people with why their seeds often will go leggy when they're growing at home. And then also we have the sort of converse problem of them sometimes not germinating. So what sort of tips have you got there? Well, seeds um, need specific conditions to um, germinate successfully. Um, they need water and they need... Um, heat quite often um, so it might be that your seeds aren't, aren't warm enough um, usually putting them on a, a windowsill that's over a radiator works really well um, just move them into somewhere bright maybe with a little less heat once they've germinated once you see some action above the soil level because it's um, it, they, they do have a tendency to stretch um, if they are heated heated too much and then inside because in, you're quite often growing them inside your own house if you don't have the luxury of a greenhouse and um, they might be going leggy because um, they are searching for light and the light that you're providing is not adequate and quite often from a window uh, the light from a window is only coming from one side so you will see quite often the seedlings starting to stretch in a particular direction towards the window and um, so turning the tray of seedlings uh, regularly at least once a day is a, is a good idea but it might also be the um, uh, another reason your seeds might not be germinating um, is because you've watered them too much you've given them a bit too much love and they've rotted before they've got a chance to get going um, particularly if you're using any container um, that you've um, you foraged out of your recycling bin um, for this that doesn't have any drainage holes. Um, drainage is really important, otherwise the soil will just stay damp and it'll go stagnant and the seeds will just rot in situ. So um, if you do use any trays or um, yogurt pots or whatever, if you punch a few holes in them first before you put the compost in, you'll be doing your seeds um, a load of good. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, also, they don't for seed sowing. You don't need a huge depth soil, do you? People often fill a you know a big pot up and sprinkle the seeds on top, and all you end up with, as you say, is a lot of wet compost that doesn't really do very much. Certainly not tell the generation. No, shallow, shallow trays. Anything I've used, for example, um, the tray of the matchmaker box today because it's good and shallow. It'll do for it's got the depth for, for germinating seeds, and then I'll prick them out and pot them on um, later on. Okay. And a follow-up question to that, Chris, is from Tim Holland, who's been in touch on Facebook, one of our Dundry regulars, um, and he is saying that the weather is playing havoc with his pepper and chilli seedlings in his unheated greenhouse, um, and he's finding he's having to move them in and out of the house on most nights. So there's not really much more you can do than that, is there, the, to try and just keep the seeds going, especially when we have these cold nights. Still. Yeah, you, want to, you want to try and be as consistent as you can, and, and if you've watered the seedlings and then the weather, the temperature drops at night, and it has been dropping. We've had some, some very cool nights. Most nights this week, it's gotten down to two or three. 
um, and a couple of nights even lower. And you'll get a root chill. The, the, the plant will cough and splutter, and or it'll sit there looking very unhappy, and it'll take time to recover from that. So the more consistent you can be, the better. Um, in on, As a follow-on from Gemma's comments about windowsills and, and seeds drawing, there is a risk of that happening, but by night I would certainly be looking to put them into a, a temperature that was more consistent and probably the domestic windowsill is going to be a good option. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I've been asked at the allotment by my allotment neighbour about his rhubarb, which is throwing up several flower spikes. Um, and although his plants are actually only a few years old, normally you find this affects older plants, um, but probably the reason it's happening to his at the moment is because we've had this sort of little burst of warm weather and it's suddenly set the, the plant into overdrive and firing off flower spikes. Um, so the key with this is to get them chopped off right down at the base of the plant. Um, if you leave them, what you find is that actually the vigour of the plant and the production for the following year isn't actually as good as you'd want it to be. Um, and then alongside that, he asked also if the stems are still okay to eat this year. And they absolutely, they are absolutely fine to eat. Um, but yeah, get that. If you've got rhubarb and it's flowering, then get the flower spike taken out straight away. Um, okay, so Chris, we've had a question from Mary Dawson Williams on Facebook. And she says that she's got an old wooden crate. This sort of ties in what we've been talking about already. An old wooden crate that she wants to use for growing her veg in this year. She's got a multi-purpose compost and she's got some pea and some French bean and some runner bean and also lettuce seeds. And she's just asking, can she pop them all in in one go? And when should she start her sowing with those, particularly those four items? The answer is the container's fine. She could get away with sowing the lettuce seeds. She'd get away with sowing the peas. Um, all varieties of beans are, are very cold sensitive. The reality is we've just entered April. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothering putting the, the French beans or the runner beans into a into a cold situation probably until the third week of this month and even then monitor the weather. If we hit a particularly cold snap, pause for a few pause for a few days because as soon as the weather bucks up, those seeds will romp. You don't want to be get caught get caught out. It's very frustrating to go four weeks and have plants and find they're frosted. Hold your breath with those two peas, let them straight away. Okay, um, and then as a follow-up for what she's asked, she's also said she's got um, some potatoes chipping. She doesn't say if they're seed potatoes or um, kitchen-use potatoes, but she's got a big old IKEA bag, I guess one of those big blue bags, and she's asking if she can grow the potatoes in there. What do you think about that one? Yeah, yeah, that works. I mean, the most important thing, is, as Gemma's indicated, with the recycling, you um, must have some drainage. I can tell you those of show potatoes, wanting to keep their potatoes in the very, very best form, would often grow them in carrier bags with holes punched in. Um, so the containment of a carrier bag made the unit transportable. And what they would regularly do is grow them on in those, and when they reach a certain size, because these things will get can get top-heavy, so they were dropping the, uh, the whole carrier bag into the ground. But yeah, it'll grow perfectly well as long as the drainage is there. Okay, lovely. Um, and then somebody else has been in touch, and they've asked about... Volunteer potatoes, so people that don't know, volunteer potatoes are the potatoes that are left from the previous year that either were missed in harvest or weren't harvested, and they start shooting again. Um, and they are starting to pop up here, and I've got one or two started shooting through all my allotment. And so um, this person has asked, is it okay to eat these volunteer potatoes that are now in the ground? No, it's perfectly edible. I mean, the, the, the main reason for, for not retaining them um, really relates to the bothers of plant seed potatoes as, as opposed to getting them from a greengrocer. Effectively, potatoes that carry from one season to the next 
are carriers for any infection they might have incurred in the previous season. So if, for example, um, there had been the visit of a pest to the potato crop last year and the, the potato was infected with something, um, but you still managed to eat it, the vegetative waste that's left behind potentially is still a carrier. So you could find that you're carrying disease forward. Eat a very edible potato, and uh, it's a great joy that you'll turn over the compost heap and suddenly realize there are potatoes growing where they are. They'll usually come up with some good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then our final question is from Robin Photoman Ballard, who is a Facebook regular of ours. And he sent a message to us saying he's traveling by car to his allotment, which is about a 10 minute drive away. Um, but he's keeping away from all the people on the allotment. And he's just asking us if that would be okay. Well, the only advice is to follow the government advice currently, which states actually that allotment use and traveling to and from the allotment is okay. Um, obviously, the government guidelines need to be followed about social distancing. Um, and I know our allotment, which is the Cheltenham Borough Council allotment, they've sent emails out to everybody. There's also signs on the allotment gates about handling locks and gates and just washing hands. But it's all, you know, it's just sense, being sensible, isn't it, at this time? And that's all for this episode. So thanks to Chris, Gemma and Matt for joining me today. And thanks to all our customers who have sent us such kind words um, via Facebook and email. It really means a lot to us. So all that's left to say is stay safe and join us next time for our next episode. Goodbye for now.